This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. Welcome back to the Relic Radio Show. This week, we begin with Nightbeat and hear their episode from August 7th, 1950, titled Old Blind Pop. After that, it's Gunsmoke and the Cabin from December 27th, 1952. Hi, this is Randy Stone. I cover the night beat for the Chicago Star. My stories start in many different ways. This one began with a man who was blind and ended when he saw his blindness went deeper than his eyes. Nightbeat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. It was after 11 when I turned into that section of North Clark that begins to wake up then. Tonight it was jumping no more than usual. It just seemed that way. I threaded my way through the visiting playboys from Keokuk and St. Louis and the whining panhandlers and the sad-eyed gals. Then I stopped for a minute to watch old Pop. There he stood, as I'd seen him stand night after night before the little burlesque theater, sawing away at the same old tune and the same old battered fiddle. I walked up to him, listened for a moment, and then... Thank you, thank you. Business good tonight, Pop? Randy. Uh-huh. <laughs> You never miss, do you? <laughs> Not my regulars. How have you been? Oh, good, good. You? I've... All right. Business good? Lousy. Well, still early. Midnight shows ought to bring in some tariff. Uh-huh. What's it look like tonight, Randy? Well, I don't have to tell you, Pop. I think you, can... I think you can see more than I can. Yeah, that's the trouble with being blind. It's not what you miss without eyes, but what you do see. I can feel them, Randy. The cheap sports. The ones who drop a penny in my cup. Drop it in from way up because it sounds heavier when it hits. Big shots. The ones who drop half dollars when they're with a girl and pass me up when they're alone. <laughs> Where do I fit in, Pop? You never change. Always a quarter. Night you drop in something else, I'll know something's wrong. Our show's breaking. Here come the girls. Dancers, they call themselves. Dancers. Cheap. Oh, shoddy. careful, Pop. Oh, well, well. If it ain't Horace Greasy. Greeley. Horace Greeley. How are you, Pearl? Feet are killing me. <laughs> From what? Standing in one spot? Oh, and... I should move around? Here. Thank you. For nothing. Ain't seen you in a month of Sundays, Randy. Now you have to wait your turn. See the show? No, should I have? Nah, no one's moving in tomorrow. Bigger and better. And bearer. When I'm paid to wear more, I'll know I'm washed up. <laughs> How's it going? Same old grind. Ha, get it? Every night the same lousy joke. So what? Every night you play the same lousy tune. Oh, who asked for hyper? Long time ago, I, I played better. Yeah, I played fiddle for the czar, so comes the revolution. Honest, Pop, you know anything else? Who'd recognize it around here if I did? So where's your high hat? Oh, shut up. Now, listen. She, well, let's dance. Hey, wait a minute. Who are you calling up? You, you, all of hey, you. Hey, Bob, now, Bob, take it easy. What's the matter with you? Now, let me alone. Just let me alone, that's all. Hey, wait a second. Well, what's eating on him? He blew up like a boiler. Yeah. He ain't never done that before. And calling me a cheap dancer. Who does he think he is? Plays for nickels and stops himself in cheap wine when he's got the price. He... Hey, Randy. What? No wonder. He was sober. Yeah, I saw that, too. First time I ever seen him come out from under that cloud. He's sick. Well, maybe there's something else for him. Nah, he'll take his nickels and dimes, buy a bottle and soak in it. Believe me, there's nothing wrong with Pop that a wet cork won't cure. I don't know. I don't know. There was something else. Honest, just give me the willies. <laughs> okay, Pearl, I'll throw in a cup of coffee. Come on. So we had coffee and we talked about Pop. No one knew where he'd come from. He just showed up one night with a battered fiddle under his arm and started playing. 
was a half hour or so after I left Pearl. I moseyed through the street, found myself back at the same place I started, but Pop wasn't there. I told myself he was well in the middle of the pickling process. Nothing to get excited about. He'd show up tomorrow night. But that ever-loving curiosity rang up a tilt inside me. I went hunting. I didn't find Pop. And when I passed an all-night hock shop, something in the window sent me inside. Uh, you see something you like? Yeah, that uh, violin in the window. Uh, the violin? Oh, sure, sure. You want to see it? Yes, I'd like to. Good. Ain't often I get a piece like this. No, sir. Ain't often I get a chance to offer something like this. Horowitz himself couldn't want one any better. Yeah, I'll tell him when he gives up the piano. Huh? Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Where'd you get this? Uh, from a collection. It's a fine old violin, maybe a hundred years. A few scratches. How much did you give him for it? They give who? The blind man who brought it in. Hey, how come you know where I got it? Huh? How come? I'd know this violin in a hundred. Now, come on. Uh, how much do you want for it? Twenty bucks. Fifteen. I paid that. Okay, twenty. Uh, give me the receipt. Uh, just take it. Give me the money or take it. The receipt, Buster. I need it for my expense account. Uh, you a copper? Why ask that? If you ain't, why are you asking all the questions? Why you... What's bothering you? If you got this violin legitimately, you'll sell it without all this ping pong. I got it legitimately. Okay, then. The receipt. Neither of us is getting any younger. Well, I ain't got a receipt. Oh? Why not? Look, the guy comes in. He wants to hock this fiddle. I can't uh-huh. give him no dough on it. Not like he wants anyway. So? We make a deal of swap. For what? I'm only telling you this because I don't want no trouble. But he wants a lot of heated. You let him have a gun? Yeah, but... Was it loaded? Maybe a couple of shells in it, but... Got anything on paper? His address, maybe? Oh. But you let him have a gun? He was blind. I ain't gonna give anybody a rod if they look like they're going out for a heist. I got a legitimate business. What could a blind guy do with a gun? Figure it out. I'm trying to tell you that. I'm clean. I tell you I'm clean. I had no idea where to look for Pop, but I thought maybe one person might know. Pearl. I found her backstage just about ready for her last turn. Grab yourself a fan and cut in any place. Uh, Pearl, this has got to be quick. You know where Pop lives? Huh? Yeah. Hey, what's wrong? He traded his violin for a gun. What for? I'd like to know. Now, come on. You got any idea where he lives? No. But I walked a couple of blocks with him one night. He was too stiff to do it alone. Yeah? Then he turned off in some street. I didn't go no further. Feet were killing me. Which street? I never look at street signs. Um, uh, there was a candy store on the corner. So you know the street? I guess so. All right, then let's go. But my aunt... Forget it for now. Pop's liable to do something with that gun. I... Okay, I'll fix it. Don't make no difference anyhow. New show opening tomorrow. Hey, Gracie! Gracie! Yeah? Come here. Sure. Oh, pleased to meet you. You ain't. And you ain't gonna. Now, listen, you gotta go on in my place. Me? Me? You've been yammering all good, John. Now's your chance, honey. I don't know nothing. It ain't education they want out there. Here, take my balloon. Blow it up a little bigger. You need it. Oh, but I can't. All you got to do is be careful of the guy in the first box. He's got a rubber band and some bent pins. Let's go, Randy. We tore out of the theater before she had much more than just time to throw on a coat. I'll say this for Pearl. She didn't catch cold easily, but if there was a wind blowing, she'd have been a sensation. Anyway, she found the street and a few questions and answers sent us to what is politely known as a theatrical boarding house. And then outside Pop's door. Bust it in, Randy. Pop! Hey, Pop, it's Randy. Open up. Bust it in. Okay, look out. Wait. Pop. Are you all right? Yes, I'm all right. What do you want? We're coming in, Pop. No. We're coming in. Yo, Sponge, what's the idea of throwing a scare in? Wait a minute, take it easy, Pearl. All right, let's have the gun, Pop. There it is, Randy. Uh, Give it to me. Uh, 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 uh. You look better in a fiddle. I. I. Crying Jack, that's what it is, a crying Jack. No, 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 he's sober. And for this, I let Gracie do my act, I'm ruined. Get out of here, both of you. Leave me alone. Now, just a minute. Uh, Randy, don't point that. You couldn't fire this in a million years. The firing pins filed off. He cheated me. No wonder he let you have it. Okay, Pop, what's the idea? I thought I could kill myself. Okay, you thought you could kill yourself. Why? I wanted to stop living this way. I wanted to stop lying to myself. So all of a sudden you don't like the way you've been living? Shut up. Okay. I'm sorry. Pop, you want to talk about it? Well, he already did. He already said No, 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 no. no. That's not the whole story. 
You know, don't you, Randy? I know there's something else. What is it? Yes, there is. There's nine years of lies and cheating. Nine years of running away from something I want to face but can't. Tonight, I, I want to stop it. Stop what? Stop the whole thing from coming down. Coming down and killing me and her. NBC is bringing you Night Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy as Randy Stone. Little-known episodes from the exciting annals of American history are presented in colorful, dramatic, factual manner on the Cavalcade of America, which returns over most of these NBC stations on Tuesday, August 29th. The stories presented on Cavalcade of America feature Hollywood and Broadway stars who portray the many men and women responsible for the building of our country. That's Cavalcade of America, returning Tuesday, August 29th. Back to Nightbeat and Randy Stone. For a moment after Pop said that, he stared into space. His sightless eyes seemed to be seeing something neither Pearl nor I could sense. And then... Over on the dresser, Randy. Picture. Face down. Get it. Okay. You mean this one of a girl? Yes. Bring it here. Gee, nice. Here, you are, Pop. I haven't seen it in five years. Since... Since my eyes... She's a beautiful girl, Pop. Hey, that's Vicky, my my daughter. This, this classy-looking dame? Yes. You know, I've seen her someplace. Well, she's famous. What about it, Pop? I'm a great old man for a kid like that. Busted, broken down, blind, playing for nickels and dimes. Look, if she's the right kind, what difference does it make what you did? I lied to her. For nine years, I've lied. Well, what about? When did it start? Start with... When she was a kid, I was playing in a vaudeville house. She was going to school. That, uh, and learning to dance. And, uh, her mother? Left. Ran out. But I didn't care. I had Vicky. On days when I didn't have to be at the theater, oh, we had big dreams. Great big dreams. I'd play for a sheet dance. You're not allowed to get tired. Now, come on. One more. Just right, Vicky. That's enough, Dad. <laughs> okay, Lazy. Come here. What's the matter, honey? Nothing. Now, come on. Let's have it. Dance as good as the rest of the kids. Who said so? Me. Well, what's your teacher say? Nothing. <laughs> what he wanted to do? Hang flowers on you? Now listen. Well, listen. What do we always say? We'll go all over the world together. That's right. And you'll be the greatest ballerina in the world. I'll lead the orchestra for Vicky. France, Italy, England. Great big oysters full of pearls. You wouldn't let me down, now, would you, honey? I don't want to. Besides, we've always got each other, Ricky. No matter what happens, we've always got each other. I don't ever want to leave you. <laughs> you won't, honey. Never. Now, come on. Let's try it again. Better. I said she would, Randy. Famous. But you, what what uh, happened between the two of you? Things got bad. I, I had to take a job with a cheap band. Traveled. I kept her in school, and then... Go on, Pop. Then? I, I hit a grease toboggan. Bottoms up, huh? Yeah. And my eyes. But I kept writing to her. Telling her I was doing all right. I, I sent her money. All I could. I lied to her. Told her I was playing with a big orchestra. 
thousand times I tried to pull myself together. I didn't. Well, where is she now? Coming here to Chicago. How do you know that? Randy, yeah. on the table there, a copy of the billboard. Get it. Turn to the personals. Mm-hmm. I get it every week. No matter where we were, we'd, we'd keep in touch that way. I, I pretended to keep moving around. I mailed in fake addresses so, so she wouldn't know. What's in this one, Pop? I always had somebody read the column to me. And, and this morning, you'll see it, Randy. Oh. Uh, Dad from Vicky. That it, Pop? Yes. Dad from Vicky. We'll be in Chicago the 8th. Please meet me, Washington Boulevard and State, under the clock at 10 in the morning. Please, please be there. But I can't. How did she know you were here? It, it was my last address. She just, just, just put it in, hoping. Well, look what's so tough. Just meet her. Like I said, if she's any good at all, she won't care what no, she No, I won't. Pop, you've been running away for nine years. You can't keep on doing it. Let her see me? No, don't you see, Randy? She's famous. She's Mavanya. Wow, she is famous. Well, it's still ten to one. She's got legs like a piano. Oh, come on. Hold it. The ballet's here in Chicago, huh? Yes, I, I heard that their first American tour in ten years. Randy, I, I want to meet her. Talk with her. Touch her face again, but I I can't. Not, not now. Pop, you're going to meet her tomorrow. No. She'll be here for only three days. During that time, you'll be what she thinks you are. She doesn't have to find out anything else. I never told her I was blind. Well, is that a crime? Oh, Randy. Pop, you're going to be under the clock tomorrow morning at ten. It was easy to say, just like that. But I wondered what would happen. Playing with other people's wives is like splitting an atom and including yourself in the chain reaction. But I wanted Pop to meet Vicky. I stayed with him that night, got him into a clean press suit, made him shave and stay out of striking distance of anything that looked like a bottle. And then it was ten in the morning. Ten, Randy. That's ten o'clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give it time, Pop. Uh, let's go, Randy. Before it's too late, let's go. Uh, take me away from here. You look all right. There's nothing to be ashamed she, of. She's bound to find out. Not from me or you. She, she'll want to know what I've been doing, where I've been. Randy, I, I've told so many lies. I'll have a few more on me. Do you see her? Not yet. I hope she doesn't come. I hope... I hope she does. She will. What'll I say? Uh, Randy, tell me what to say. You'll know, Pop. Nobody will have to tell you. Now stand still. Take it easy. Help me. Help me tell one more lie. He didn't have to tell one more. Vicky didn't show up. Not at 10, not at 10.30, or not at 12 when we finally left the corner. I didn't want to leave Pop alone, so I took him to my apartment. I left him there in the lobby with the clerk keeping an eye on him while I went calling. Calling on a lady named Vanya. My press card works magic, especially backstage. I get in to see him, Vanya, all right. It is so charming, Monsieur Stone. Yes, yes, of course, charming. Um, I expected to meet you earlier. Oh, so? <laughs> I'm glad you did not. I'm afraid I do not look my best before noon or later. Maybe that's why you didn't show up. Pardon? Show up. Hello, Vicky. You, you called me what? Just Vicky uh, for the present. I may think of something else later. I do not understand. Look, baby, I got a hunch you were there this morning. You saw him and decided not to stop. Is that it? Well, if this is a joke, Monsieur, Monsieur Stone, I do not appreciate. Oh, it. please, let's stop the polite tenor. But, but you're insane. Now it is tennis. He was blind. You saw that. He wasn't what you expected after all these years. Or, or maybe, and I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt, maybe you didn't recognize him. Uh, you will please to excuse me one moment. Igor? Igor! Please, come here. You, uh, you would like maybe a drink? No, no, thank you. Look, Vicky, you can drop the iron curtain disguise. You see, I... Uh. Oh, Igor... Please, come in. Uh, Igor, this, this man is crazy. He says he threw him a newspaper. Oh, that is very nice. And who are you? I, I am the Ballymaster. What else? We'll leave that unanswered for the time. Uh, to get back to you, Vicky. Uh, he calls me Vicky. Hmm? 
Why? Well, that's her name. Now, look, don't give me any more of this now. Yes? Look, you're a... You're a brunette. A little gray, perhaps, but understand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me get a closer look. Igor, keep him away. I will go for help. No, 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 never mind. You're not Vicky, are you? Please, monsieur, I am Mivanya. Ludmilla Mivanya Krochenko. One of those is enough. I... Okay, I'm I'm sorry. It's all a mistake. I thought you were someone else. But that is impossible. She I know, is... I know, I know. I apologize again. I made a very bad mistake. Please forgive me. Oh, it is nothing. Please do come again. Sure, sure. Invite some fawns over. We'll spend another afternoon. She wasn't Vicky, but she was Mivanya. I felt a little like the guy who opened the wrong door in a Turkish bath. I hurried back to Pop. Took him up to my apartment, sat him down, and told him what had happened. I'm not lying, Randy. I'm not. I saw Vicky's picture. I saw Mavanya. At first, the guy could make a mistake, but not with a good second look. Randy, I swear oh, to come you. come on, Pop. Give it to me straight. What's the deal? Why should I make up such a story? That's what I'd like to know. Brother, I bit. Hook, line, and sinker. I took the bait. Why'd you throw it? For the last time, Randy, I didn't lie to you. A gun with no firing pin, a fine long story about a daughter. Great, Bill. I'm going, Randy. Okay, Pop. Go ahead. You still think I... Excuse me, won't you? Yeah. Uh, oh, Pearl. Oh, sure, we were there. We had a... What's that? Oh, now, look, honey, if you... Give me that again. Now, hold on a minute. Pop! What? Pop! What? Sit down, wait a minute. I'm going. You're going to sit down and you're going to wait. Now, come on. Oh, what's the matter, Randy? Is that... No, 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 no. Okay, Pearl, give me the rest. Yeah. So what's the address? I got it. Now, now, look. I'm going to bring Pop to you. Hold on to him like a mink coat. Don't let him out of your sight, and then I'm going to go to that address. Yes? Uh, how do you do? My name is Stone, Randy Stone, Chicago Star. He's my press card, social security... What do you want? May I come in? What? Thank you. Hey, you've got a nerve. Yeah, today I've got to have. May I sit down? And if I say no? Well, I'll have to stand. I can say what I want standing up. I... All right, what do you want? I want to know why you weren't under the clock at ten this morning. I don't know what you're talking about. Dad, from Vicky in Chicago the 8th. Please meet me. Where... Where'd you find that out? Billboard magazine, personal column. I don't want to talk about it. Well, I do. And so does your dad. I... Where is he? How is he? Well, first, tell me why you didn't show up this morning. Is he all right? I guess so. You guess. Don't you know? Answer me. Vicky, you are Vicky, aren't you? Yes, what about Dad? You want to see him, don't you? I... More than anything else in the world. I thought so. Now, how about tonight? Tonight? But... I'll fix it. You know who I am? As far as I'm concerned, you're Vicky. That's all I care about. That's all he cares I about. I want to believe that. Well, you can't. Now, how about tonight? What do I say? Vicky, you'll know what to say when you see him. I wanted to be there this morning. I... Now, look, don't give me the excuses or reasons. Just meet me tonight. Where? I'll pick you up. A date? Why are you doing this? Human interest stuff. Let it go with that, huh? But... Tonight and Vicky. What? Uh, maybe you'll be a little shocked. I will? Yes, maybe you will. No, I'll see you tonight. And this time, show up. Hmm? I stayed with Pop all the rest of the day. I had a story now, right up to the final paragraph. What the tag would be, I didn't know. I wouldn't know until that night. All depended on how things turned out, and I wasn't at all sure. When you play Mr. Fix-It with people's lives and emotions, you're cooking up a surprise party. Anyway, I had to try it. And so that night... Randy, what are you doing? Now, take it easy, Pop. Everything will be all right. I hope. Well, why did you bring me back here? Well, this is where you always stand, isn't it? Right in front of the burlesque theater? Yes, but I can't... Pop, you've got to trust me. Do you? I... I guess I have to, Randy. Okay. Here, take this. What is it? You'll know what it is. But my violin. Yeah, it uh, was lonesome in that hawk shop. It needs a chin to cuddle up to. Try yours on the size. No, I don't want it. Randy, take me away from here. Now, look, Pop. 
Today I stood under a clock for two hours. I made an idiot of myself in front of two people I never saw before in my life, and all for you. Now you're going to do something for me. Now you get ready to play that violin. Randy. Yeah, higher throw. Come here. Use his pop. Randy. Now, will be a second, Pop. Well? Yeah. It's all set. Good. How long? Just a few seconds. Randy? One. You got your fingers crossed? All 12 of them. Run for your lives, boys. The dam is burst. Here they come. The gals of the chorus. Eight luscious beauties. Count them, boys. Eight. All right, stand over there. Randy. Randy. Yeah, I'm right here, Pop. I'm right next to you. Now, listen. Remember that piece you used to play for Vicky when she was a kid, learning to dance? The, this one? That's it. Play it, Pop, huh? Now? What? Oh, Pop, play it. Now, go on. But... Play it. Play it for me, huh, Pop? Hello there. You... Recognize the tune? I... Oh, no. Yeah. Who... Randy. Who... Who's that? Ask her. No, it... Dad. Vicky. Vicky. Oh, Dad. Yes, Pop. Vicky. Here. Here. No. Yeah. Here, Pop. She's a big star, all right, but not quite in the same line you figured. But it's still dancing. Dad, Dad, forgive me. I, I've been wanting to write to tell you, but I've been lying all these years. I pretended you that lied. I... You pretended. I was tired of lying, running away. I I knew you'd find out I wasn't with the ballet when it came over here. I... But I'm not ashamed. I'm not dead. You're not. Why should she be, Pop? Now, how about you? I... I... Vicky. Vicky, my baby. Uh, Pearl. Huh? Come on. But we waited for this. We didn't wait nine years, Pearl. Come on. Yeah. Okay. See you later, Pop. He didn't even hear you. Come on. Worked, didn't it? Could have gone haywire. Oh, I don't know. The odds were with us. Yeah. I gotta apologize to her. Hmm? What for? No muscles in those legs. There's the finish. It's funny. Two people lying to each other, dodging, pretending, and all it took was a couple of words to end years of fear and doubt. Well, it just goes to show you. Blood's thicker than water. And pride is a lot thinner than love. Copy, boy. Beat, starring Frank Lovejoy, is produced and directed by Warren Lewis and edited by Larry Marcus. Tonight's story was written by Russell Hughes with music by Frank Worth. The part of Pop was played by Charles Seal. Others in tonight's cast were Lou Krugman, Charlotte Lawrence, Betty Moran, Veronica Pataki, and Anne Whitfield. Frank Lovejoy will next be seen in Milton Sperling's production, Three Secrets, released by Warner Brothers. Listen next week at this time and every week as Randy Stone searches through the city for the strange stories waiting for him in the darkness. Nightbeat came to you from Hollywood. Programs, get your programs here. More action-packed adventure mystery programs are yours for the listening Wednesday night on NBC. Hear the Falcon, Mr. District Attorney, The Big Story, Dick Powell as Richard Diamond, and Brian Donlevy in Dangerous Assignment. For stellar suspense-filled radio drama, tune here Wednesday for great adventure mystery shows. Stay tuned for the first piano quartet on NBC.
Dodge City and in the territory on west, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the spell of gun smoke. Gunsmoke, starring William Conrad. The story of the violence that moved west with young America. The story of a man who moved with it. Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. It was over a hundred miles back to Dodge, but I figured I could make it easy in a day and a half. I'd been in Hayes City as a government witness in a murder trial, and I was anxious to get back. So I rode out of Hayes one morning a couple of hours before light. The ground was clear as snow, but it was midwinter, and it was sharp cold. When the day came, there was no sun, only dark gray sky drilled by a high, cold, searching wind. The air was as thin as I could ever remember it being. And behind me in the north lay a great slab of blackness. When I saw that, I should have turned back, for the wind stood out of the north, too, and sooner or later it would drive that black slab right down on top of me. This was blizzard weather. The kind of weather that kills the land and everything on it. I don't know why I went on, maybe because of the wind. You know, a high wind will distemper a man. Make him drunk-like. Anyway, I didn't turn back. And about noon, the sky began to turn white with snow, and I could smell a touch of moisture in the air. And finally it came. The sleet, shrilling in on the wind like small buckshot as the blizzard howled down the prairie. I couldn't look right or left without being stung blind, but as long as I kept the wind on my back, I knew I was headed south. Two hours of this, and I could feel my horse slowing down and weakening under me. My own body stiffened with the cold. Men died when they got caught in a thing like this. They died easy. Another hour passed, and my horse was carrying his head close to the ground. I figured he'd stumble soon, so I kicked my feet out of the stirrups and braced myself against the horn. By now, the wind had really gotten into me. And when I saw the blur of a ranch house up ahead, I thought maybe it was a trick. But a few minutes later, we rounded a corner of the place and stood at last in the lee of the storm. I slid down and got up to the door and pounded on it. And I waited. Then I pounded again. Then the door came open and the figure stood in the light. Who are you? Bring him in, Alvy. Any man out in that weather's been made harmless. Get inside. Out of the way, Alvy, you fool. All right, stranger. Hands in the air. High. That's better. Unload him, Alvy. Nice gun, Hank. Real nice gun. Shut up. Now, take him down, stranger. You can come up to the stove now, but don't try nothing. I'll cut you in half with buckshot. He was a burly man with flushed cheeks and a wild red beard and a great shock of red hair. Even his hands and fingers bristled with it. He sat on a stool by the stove, a shotgun across his knees. And his eyes never left me. The other one, Alvy, had a body of an underfed boy, but he was completely bald, and his skin was tight and dry. He looked like a naked skull, and his eyes, well, something had touched Alvy. You look half froze, stranger. You must have wanted something real bad to go out in weather like this. I never saw him around here before, Hack. He's a stranger, Alvy. He don't belong around here. Of course, we don't know anybody, but 
I, I, I seen a few, and I never seen him before. Maybe he's seen you, Alvy, somewhere. Not me. He, he never saw me nowhere. How do you know that? Maybe he was just looking for some cows and got lost in the storm. You're just a kid, Alvy. Always said you don't know much. Bell! Bell, get on out here. She was a pretty girl, but with a dark, half-wild look that I'd never seen before in a woman. Her eyes jumped from man to man and then came to rest on me, fixed and curious. And then after a moment, she looked away and moved into a chair across the room. Supper ready, Belle? It's awful cold out. You recognize him, Belle? You ever see him before? No. You're sure now. Maybe Hayes City. Maybe you saw him up there sometime. I don't know him. You're sure? Yes. If you're lying to me, you know what I'll do to you. I never saw him before. He come in here half froze, right right out of the blizzard. Must have been looking for some cows and got lost. Shut up, Alby. We don't know what he's doing here, Bell. Why shouldn't a man get out of the storm? Even in here. That's enough. All right, stranger, we never saw you before. We don't know who you are. And as soon as I think you're lying, I'm going to blow a big hole in you. What about my horse? I'd like to put him in the barn if you've got one. Alvy? Oh, now, Hack, I ain't going out there. I'd freeze. And the horse will freeze if you don't. It's his horse. We might need it. Go on, Alvy, before I get cross. All right, I'll go. I don't know why the horse is so important. Elvie's a good boy. He'll put your horse up. Thank you. Supper's about ready. Leave it. I want to talk to our friend here first. Maybe we won't have to feed him. Potatoes will get mealy. They better not, that's all. I'm right curious about you, mister. I've noticed that. I'll blow your guts all over the wall, you make fun of me. Don't get me mad, mister. I got the shotgun. The meat will be boiled to shreds if we don't eat soon. You just won't understand any other way, will you, Belle? What is it you want to know about me? <laughs> I can tell, mister, I can handle you easy now. What do you mean? All I got to do is wallop the girl and you'll talk. I don't have to do nothing to you. All right, if I take my jacket off, I've warmed up now. I mind. You might have a gun hit out in there. He can raise his hands. I'll unbutton it. Well, now, that's right smart of you, Bell. Oh, I'll hide it. No, leave it be. Bell, come over here, Bell. Drop the jacket, Bell. Now hold out your other hand. Open it, Bell. Open your hand. That's real bad what you did, Bell. Real bad. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put you outside for a spell out in the weather. After supper, after you've cleaned up supper, you can be thinking about it till then. United States Marshal. You're in bad company, Marshal. You shouldn't have come here. Oh? It looks to me like I sort of struck gold coming here. Now, why do you talk like that, Marshal? I still got the shotgun. Let me get that stove. Seems like it's getting colder and colder. You didn't see any sign of nobody outside, did you, Alvy? What? Who? Somebody might have come along to cover the marshal here, it's all. Marshal? What, what, what marshal? Me. I'm a marshal, Alvin. Shoot him, Hack. Shoot him. Shut up and answer me. Was there sign of another horse footprints, anything like that? Ah. Oh, I didn't see nothing. Maybe you didn't look. Would I have walked in here the way I did if I'd been after you people? Maybe your head got muddled with the cold. Where'd you ride from, marshal? Hayes City. Left there this morning. <laughs> It was a fool thing to do with a blizzard coming up. Maybe. 
Or did you think you could get the jump on us easier in a storm? Was that it, Marshal? Yeah. You knew we'd be trying to keep cozy in here. I'm curious, Hack. What are you and Alvy on the run for? Don't you tell him, Hack. I don't trust him at all. <laughs> Alvy, it'd be mighty dull without you, boy. <laughs> don't laugh at me, Hack. Now stop it. I don't like laughing. You know that, Hack. And don't you do it no more. I got ways. Yeah, I ain't seen you in your ways. But don't try them on me, Alvie. Maybe I won't. Look, Alvie, now you don't understand. It's all right to tell the marshal about us. He ain't going nowhere. No? No, of course not. We'll kill him, Alvie. We'll kill him and bury him somewhere. Oh, sure. Now, now, why didn't I think of that? Because I do the thinking for us, Alvie, that's why. Now, uh, what was it you like to know, Marshal? Stop playing games, Hack. Me and Alvie are wanted for murder. Up in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Seems a mite unfair, though. We didn't aim to kill nobody. It just happened that way. We was robbing a bank. Yeah, and a couple of the people there wouldn't do what we told them, so Alvie used his knife on one, but it just made the man holler. You could hear him all over town. And we had to shoot our way out after that. Must have killed three or four people. I know I killed two. Worst of it was, Marshal, all we wanted just then was some money. We didn't care about killing anybody. But you know how it is, Marshal, when you're robbing a bank and all. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> now, I don't suppose you do it that. Anyway, we're wanted for murder, and we didn't even get any money. Nary a dollar. So we rode out here and lighted for a spell. I see. What about Bell? And whose place is this, anyway? My place, now that Pa's gone. You mean you were living here alone? No. They killed your Pa, is that it? Yes. How long ago? I don't know. Maybe a month. Yeah, it's been about a month, hasn't it, Alvy? Thirty-five days. There, you see, Alfie always knows just how long everything's been. Now, that's fine. Tell me what you do with him. Who? The old man. Oh, we, we buried him out back. <laughs> Couldn't afford a funeral. <laughs> Could we, Alfie? Hack, 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 we told him that. Now let's shoot him. No, no, I've been thinking it over. People in Hayes City know he started for Dodge, and when he don't show up, they might come looking for him. But you you said we'd bury him, Hack. That's what you said. Yeah, that's right. But we can't bury his horse, too. Not in this ground. It's froze solid. And if we turn the horse loose and they find it and can't find the marshal's body, then they'll suspect something. You're pretty smart, Hack. Too bad you don't know enough to stop killing people. Too bad for you, anyway. Well, what are we going to do, Hack? I'm getting hungry. That supper won't be fit to eat. Shut up! One more word out of you, Bella, and I'll whoop you good. Come on, Hack. I'm really hungry. No, no, listen to me, Alvie. Now, my idea is to knock the marshal on the head and throw him outside to freeze. Now, he'll keep real good that way. And when the storm breaks, we can carry him off 20 miles or so and dump him on the ground. Look like he got throwed and hit his head and froze. Oh, that's fine, Hack. That's just fine. Then we'll break his horse's leg, make it easier for them to find him. You just don't care about anything, do you, Hack? Just me... Sometimes, Alvie. Sure. Me and Hack are friends, ain't we, Hack? Of course, if it don't want snowing, we'll have to think of something else. Can't leave tracks for them to follow back there. Oh, Hack, ain't we gonna kill him now? Well, sure, sure we are, Alvie. I didn't mean that. Let me hit him, huh? You keep the gun on him, and I'll get up behind and hit him. There was a Brandon iron around here somewhere. I'll hit him with that. Hack, you sunk pretty far, but I'm sort of wondering just how far... What do you mean? I'm wondering if you're low enough to kill a man before he's been fed. Here, here it is, Hack. Here, see? I found it. Leave it be, Alvie. We're going to eat first.
will return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, this Sunday night, Lionel Barrymore is your host and Joseph Cotton the star on Sunday Night Playhouse's gripping historic drama based on the life of Peter Marshall. Hear how a Scottish immigrant lad rose to the position of chaplain of the United States Senate. A story you'll agree is far more fascinating than fiction. Remember, it's tomorrow night when Lionel Barrymore introduces another Sunday night playhouse on most of these same CBS radio stations. Now for the second act of Gunsmoke. It was only five in the afternoon, but the blizzard had darkened the land and its blackness showed in at the windows. Here and there along the walls of the ranch house, tricklets of snow blew in through the warped timber. In the kitchen, Hank sat directly behind me while I ate. Later changed places with Alvie and fed himself heartily, as though he had nothing at all on his mind. Hank was just a nerveless brute, born with no conscience at all. His intelligence was the instinct of an animal that snapped at or killed whatever got in its way of survival. Every living thing was his enemy. And Alvy? Well, there was no way to figure Alvy. Too much of him was missing. My only chance lay in the girl, Belle. Even though Hack had pretty well beaten all resistance out of her. Supper was over soon enough, but Hack seemed in no particular hurry to get on with his plans. I've eaten better food on the trail than that. Can't blame me for it. Get it cleaned up, Belle. You can talk your head off when you're outside alone, and you're going outside. I'll learn you to heal if I have to break your neck. Now, don't do that, Hack. Not till we're ready to pull out, anyway. Why? Well, I ain't going to do the cooking. Well, I hope not. I've eaten your cooking. My sister was a good cook. Yeah, we should have brought her along, Alvy. No, no. I don't like her. Where are you from, anyway? Which, me or Alvy? Well, you to start with. Wyoming, place called Crowhart. I didn't stay there long, though. What about you, Alvy? Now, where were you born, Alvy? I never did know. Republican River. <laughs> that's not a place, you fool. Well, that's what they told me, Republican River. They always lived in a wagon, my ma and pa. They had a lot of kids, too. Of course, most of them died. I'm about the only one that made out any good at all. And you did fine. I'll be fine. Uh, give me the shotgun. All right, Marshal, let's get back by the stove while Bell cleans this mess up. Shall we hit him and... Throw him out to freeze up now, Hack? Not yet. I want to punish Bell first. You know, someday you're going to get caught without that shotgun, Hack. Somebody's going to tear you apart. That's fair enough, Marshal. Give me a fair chance at you then, huh? Barehanded? No. No, you're bigger than I am, Hack. Might be fun for you. I don't know nothing about fun. I ain't going to kill you because it's fun. Oh, come on, Hack. I want to go to bed. Bell. Bell, come out here. Get outside like I told you. And don't open that door so wide you'll blow the lamp out. Bell had walked through the room and out the door without a glance at any of us. I figured she'd go down to the barn where she'd be all right for a little while anyway. But I knew I'd have to make a move soon. I sure wasn't going to sit there like a fall hog and let Alvie knock me in the head whenever he got ready. But it didn't take much more sense to try to jump Hack in that shotgun and let him blow me all over the place. It was a beggar's choice, and the more I thought about it, the matter I got. Uh, Hack, I'm sleepy. I'm going to hit him and go to bed. You can do what you want after, but I ain't staying up all night. 
Alvy's got his mind made up, Marshal, I can tell. Just what do you call his mind, Heck? I got ways to fix you, Marshal. Nah, never mind, Alvy. Wrap something around that iron, otherwise it won't look like he hit his head on a rock. What difference it makes? Do what I say, Alvy. All right, Heck. Here, I'll use this curtain. Now, keep your eyes on me, Marshal. Alvy moved around behind me and was getting a good grip on his brand and iron. I leaned slightly forward in the chair and was tensed and waiting for the split second when my instinct had told me to jump. And then suddenly the door was flying wide open and the wind roared in, almost lifting the room as it came. The lamp flared and then went out as I pointed sideways from the chair. Did you hit him, Alvy? Did you hit him? You bloody fool. Don't you try nothing, Marshal. I got some more shells right here. Don't you move now. I crawled across the room and was out the door before Hack could reload. In the snow outside, I stood up and turned to find Belle waiting by the side of the door, a pitchfork in her hand. I couldn't see her face very well in the dark, but I could tell she was shaken with cold. I reached out and took the fork from her and then flattened myself against the wall and waited. I was afraid it was you he shot. That was a smart trick, Belle, throwing the door open that way. He shot Alvy, didn't he? Yeah. Good. I think he's found out I'm not in there. What are you going to do? Wait. Marshal. Marshal. I'm going to kill you and the girl both now. I waited, praying he'd come through the door before my hands got too cold to hold the pitchfork. And finally, the barrel of the shotgun appeared waist high and began to poke its way around in our direction. It was stupid of him, but the man behind the gun often gets a false sense of power. I let him shove it out three or four inches, and then I... Slammed down on it. Then I jumped into the room. Hack tried to club me with a gun, but he missed. And I got in under him with a fork and lifted him off his feet. And he struggled for a moment like a spirit fish and then went limp. And I let him fall. One of the prongs had reached his heart. Did you... Get him, Marshal. Is he dead? Yeah. I light the lamp. I can't do it, Marshal. My fingers are too stiff. Here, I'll I'll do it. There. Uh. Quite a mess in here. Why don't you wait in the kitchen, Belle? I'm all right, Marshal. But I can't help you much till I get warmed up some. Well, then you'll stay by the stove, huh? I'll lug these people outside. Thank you, Marshal. Marshal? Marshal Dillon? What? Oh. Morning, Belle. Come on out in the kitchen, Marshal. It's warm there, and I got some hot coffee waiting. Ah, that sounds good. Ah, say, it looks like the storm's lifted. It has. The wind's gone, but it's mighty cold out. Well, I don't mind the cold. It's that wind that breaks a man down. There. Get some of that in you. Ah. Mm. Oh, you make mighty good coffee, Belle. <laughs> Tell me something, Marshal. Hmm? Tell me the truth now. Oh, uh, sure, Belle. What is it? Are you married? I'd make a... Poor husband, Belle, for any woman. Why? Well, in my profession, it's... It's too chancy. 
Thank you, Marshal. Thanks for putting it that way. Now, Bella, I, I didn't mean Forget to... it. I'm leaving this place, Marshal. What? As soon as you go, I've packed what I need and I'm clearing off. Where'll you go? I got three horses. I'll ride up to Hayes City and sell them. Then what? I'll buy some pretty clothes and I'll find a place. Won't be hard after this. I, uh, I wish I could help you, Belle. You have. Oh, but I mean... I can take care of myself, Marshal. I just want to get away from here, that's all. Sure. Uh, I'll stop at the nearest ranch and tell the men to come over here and take care of Hack and Albie as soon as it warms up. Whatever you like, Marshal. Well, <laughs> goodbye, Belle. Goodbye, Marshal. Look me up in Hayes City next time you're there. Sure. Sure I will. But, uh, Belle, don't let all this make you bitter. There are a lot of good men in the world. So they say. So long, Marshal. I, uh... So long, Belle. A few minutes later, I'd saddled up and was on the trail to Dodge. The sky was low and a slate gray all over, but there was no wind. The blizzard had gone, leaving the land still and white and bitter cold. There wasn't a sign of life anywhere. It was like riding through a vast tomb. I found myself feeling like a trespasser. As though something had gone wrong. And I wasn't supposed to be there at all. Gunsmoke, under the direction of Norman MacDonald, stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by John Meston, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in the cast were John Daner as Hack, Harry Bartell as Alvy, and Vivi Janis as Bell. Gunsmoke is heard by our troops overseas through the facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Join us again next week. As Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. Starts this Monday, a new run for Road of Life, returning to CBS Radio to join the rest of your daytime listening favorites at the Star's Address. Road of Life, telling the day-to-day -day story of surgeon scientist Dr. Jim Brent. We'll keep your interest at a high point every Monday through Friday on most of these same stations. Remember, starting this coming Monday, Road of Life in its 16th year will be heard again on CBS Radio. Roy Rowan speaking. America now listens to 105 million radio sets and listens most to the CBS Radio Network. more from Nightbeat, Gunsmoke, The Relic Radio Show, and all of the Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com 
Thousands of shows to listen to there and a shoutcast stream with even more. Lots to listen to, all for free, thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of The Relic Radio Show.